Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hello, Rush Nation. Welcome to another edition of Fast Action Friday. We are into week three, and today we have our full team back. Did you enjoy your daddy decade, Lewis? You know what? Last Saturday was so worth them couple days of uh, being a single parent. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back, though. Good. I'm glad, glad that you're back within our ranks. Uh, we enjoyed your uh, little video that you had, though, so that was, that was quite good. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't miss out on all the fun. Obviously. Uh, obviously, to make our trio complete, we need to say hello to Rob. Hey, mate. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, someone in our in our five-yard team um, has been getting a little bit jealous of our, of our intro videos and has asked for another one, so I've been working hard on putting another intro video together for the DFS team. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Getting getting some stacks of money, putting into some into some videos, you know. Was that Nick? There. Was was it Nick calling calling you out on it, that one? It was, yeah. He's keen. He's keen. He he, he says, um, well, it's great to have the countdown, and then straight to him. But let's add a little uh, a little spice at the start of those uh, juice well. yeah. He wants it. Nice. Right, boys. Let's get to it. First up, Thursday night for a rack. Okay, so this week's Thursday game was the Steelers at the Browns. Um, we probably don't need to talk, cover this game, really. Um, well, <laughs> I think Browns <laughs> fans may may uh, think otherwise. Uh, maybe some Steelers fans would as well. But um, sadly for you, Pitts, it's, it's our job. So uh, let's uh, let's cover quarterbacks first. And yeah, it wasn't exactly a blockbuster event, was it? It it was two quarterbacks who were essentially just holding the reins until someone else took over. Um, and it was a modest showing from both of them. Uh, we'll talk about Mitch first. He threw 32 times, 207 yards off 20 completed passes. Um, no passing touchdowns. It's, it's kind of what we're used to seeing 
uh, very, very low numbers of, of, you know, passing the ball into the end zone. But just as important, there were no interceptions. Um, and then he faked a handoff to Najee within yards of the end zone to run his own scoring. So he did get uh, scores on that side of things. Two carries to seven yards and that touchdown. Um, Brissett continues to show why he's a safe option in Deshaun's absence. 21 uh, of 31 uh, attempts completed, 220 yards, two touchdowns. Definitely has his favourite targets. You, you know, I will lose will cover him in a bit, but you could definitely see the chemistry developing between him and Amari Cooper. Uh, big important plays the night, and and were it for, were it for some um, dodgy footwork, shall we say, it could have been even more for Amari. Yeah, so carrying on with Cleveland, they led the way in uh, fantasy points last night. Two of their players topping 23 PPR points, and it wasn't the running backs for a change. But Nick Chubb did continue his very nice start to 2022, 113 yards on 23 carries with another touchdown, picking up 17.3 points. But it was the pass catchers for the Browns. Amari Cooper, as you mentioned, 23.1 points. 11 targets on the night, reeling in seven for 101 yards and a score. And David Njoku finally showing why he was paid the big bucks, catching nine of 10 balls for 89 yards, getting in the end zone once, and he was the points leader on the night with 23.9. But moving on to Pittsburgh quickly. Um, sorry, Pitsy, but Deontay Johnson had his third straight game with double-figure targets, and had his most catches and yards of the season. So it seems like any lingering sort of issues he had pre-week one, they're firmly in the rearview mirror now, and he picked up six, over 16 points. Um, Najee Harris, he may not have been 100% himself going into Thursday night football. He only had 15 carries and three targets, but he caught all three, saved his night with a touchdown, scoring 13.1 points. But for me, the rookie, George Pickens, he had his busiest night so far, seven targets. And it seems like uh, Mike Tomlin wants to get him more involved. And he had that absolutely absurd Odell Beckham-esque one-handed catch on the sideline there. Yeah, it was pretty sweet, wasn't it? It was, it was Yeah. All right, well, we'll cover the defences as well. Uh, Steelers, Steelers just still look a mess without TJ. Uh, hugely missed. Uh, with the carnage he just causes. And obviously, they allowed 376 total yards. Um, with just two sacks, and as we heard, Chubb was able to just run through them and and get passed on as well. So it's not not great viewing. Uh, but the Browns D was also needed some work too, which I would have hoped that Steelers might have been able to capitalise on as like the Jets did last week. But uh, Steelers were able to move the ball slightly with 308 yards total, um, and Browns only only got one sack themselves as well. So it wasn't a great showing from either either, but they boosted their stats. At the end of the game, when the Seals were trying to do one of those keep the ball alive plays, and um, it all went horribly wrong, fumbled it, or at least we threw it backwards with no one there to catch it, and the Browns ended up falling on the ball in the end zone. So it was a touchdown. So they kind of boosted their stats with that one, really. So it wasn't like both days didn't really do anything special, really. So. Uh, anyway, I was about to say enough of this game, but we usually talk about the big plays. I know we've just kind of touched on it as well. We've kind of got all agree that that. One-handed catch uh, that everybody's talking about is Pickens. Just, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It's incredible. Very much. Right. Um, 
Next up, injury report. Let's do that. Right then, quick recap Thursday night. There wasn't really any considerable injuries of any, through the offence, but uh, Anthony Walker was taken off on a cart, which may leave Cleveland's defence open even more, uh, depending on the results of that injury. So check on that. Um, right, so quarterbacks. As expected, Trey Lance has gone on to season in IR with his serious ankle injury, which was pretty nasty. Gakes, wasn't it? Last from a couple of seasons ago. Hard news for you guys to take if you've drafted, drafted him in his redraft leagues this year. Jimmy G, obviously, second in for the rest of the season. Um, Dak Prescott also remains out, obviously progressing quite nicely, though. So he's already going through some practice drills in his rehabbing, so something to kind of keep an eye on and see when he comes back. Uh, Herbert remains limited with his rib injuries. Healing hasn't completely fully gone yet, but uh, pay attention to his state of the week, really. He's probably going to be playing, but it's just something to watch, isn't it? And again, another one with his uh, fractures is James Winston. He had a tough game against the Bucks last week. Uh, played through it, but has also picked up an ankle injury too, so limited practice this week. Likely questionable for the contest. Hmm. Uh, in terms of running backs, uh, Lenny Funnett has been limited with that tenacious hamstring injury. It just hasn't got rid of it yet. He did play last week, so it's likely that the books are limiting him with the same intentions. So I reckon he could be starting. Uh, Damien Harris went down mid-game last week holding his leg, but actually it turns out in post-game interviews he was absolutely fine. So he hasn't missed any practices or received a designation. So good signs, especially if you saw it in the game. Um, DeAndre Swift was given Wednesday's practice off by Lions head coach Dan Campbell and was limited Thursday due to the ankle injury that bothered them last week. Likely he's going to play again. We all saw what he did. Uh, Josh Jacobs was listed as questionable in Raiders reports due to illness. So watch out for updates on him close to the time. Um, and then Cardinals James Conn is a game time decision. So that links into Stocks, who's currently commenting on our comments. Um, he is a game time decision. You have to be where he's playing in the second set of games. And you may need to make a switch or two. So uh, if you're comfortable with any players who are in those six o'clock games and you definitely know that they're going to be in, you may not want to take a chance on anyone who's later on. And obviously it depends on the injury as well. So with a game time decision, I'm erring away from Connor, especially with his matchup uh, against the Rams. Yeah, 100% with Connor, definitely. But um, on to the wide receivers anyway. Ravens, Devin Duvernay looks in line to miss week three with a concussion. Um, another player who doesn't look ready for this weekend is Jacoby Myers for New England. Um, he's missed back-to-back practices with a knee injury and they may need to lean on other receivers in the group should he miss time. Have a look for Nelson Aguilar, maybe. Could be on waivers still. Um, Corey Davis has also popped up on the Jets injury report after a key role in the comeback against the Browns in week two, also dealing with a knee injury. Michael Pittman is back practicing. He's logged limited participations, but it's good news for the Colts. They'll be helpful to get him back this weekend. Um, the Cardinals, Rondell Moore is out again for another week. So another Arizona player this week to uh, fade, really. Hmm. Uh, we have actually had some news on Corey Davis. He, he has now uh, practiced in full. He's lined to practice on full t- today, on Friday. So 
uh, he could be uh, one to miss the injury altogether for the game. So it, he could be one to bank on as well. Um, finally, tight ends. George Kittle may be making his 2022 debut finally this week after struggling with a groin injury. It's good timing because his backup Tyler Croft has now suffered an MCL strain, so they, they need someone at the position. Ross Rodley can't do everything for the Niners. He has to, you know, you have to spread that workload out. Um, Kittle logged limited practice this week, so, you know, a step in the right direction. Um, Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz. He is also recovering from a knee injury, and it's not clear if he'll be ready to start in week three. Uh, like we talked about before with Connor, it's games on Monday night, so don't take a risk starting if you've got someone you could slot in with certainty in an earlier game, specifically someone who could end up getting a similar amount of points. Don't take the hit and get zero. Um, TJ Hawkinson remains limited with a hip injury, so he may end up sitting out Detroit's game with the Vikings, and you know that's that's a big one. It's a big loss, but you know they've got the Sun God, so you know who needs a tight end when you've got the Sun God there? Isn't that right, Pitsy? Oh yes. Oh yeah. So uh, our third segment it is weak points, and as usual, you know we we look at those um, early contenders for particular weaknesses. Should now be seeing some trends appearing uh, in the weak points over the following weeks. Some teams that may stay the same. So do we have any early contenders for these particular weaknesses? We are going off the fantasy pros uh, points against charts. Yes, uh, weakest against the quarterback is the Ravens, letting up 28.1 points. They got, obviously, the come-behind win from Miami with Tua's air raid attack. They play New England this week. We mentioned Jacoby Myers earlier, but we need to monitor the Ravens' defensive updates. Williams' departure last week was a real turning point, and the Pats could be playing against backups in the secondary for the most part. This is likely where Mac will make his points from should they wish to pass. The Cardinals are second, 26.9 points. They're facing the Rams in a divisional matchup, so start Stafford wherever you've got him. The Lions are third with 26.8. It's a divisional game against the Vikings. Watch Kirk's connection with this man this week. You know, you might like it and uh, give it a start after the shambles from uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, I was just having a look at the um, the Ravens players before. I've got like a list of the starters in front of me, and it's really only Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams who had a, who had a game last week, um, who looked to be fully fit. So it could be a, a great game for the Pats. And we'll, we'll come to a Pats player in a little bit as well. Um, weakest against running backs. The Lions are also in the top three of points conceded to running backs, and it's top billing for this particular list. Twenty-seven point eight points conceded to the position on average. Second are the Alliance opponents from last week, the Commanders. And then third is the Titans. So um, quite a, a lot to unpack here. As we've talked just then, the Lions faced the Vikings. Dalvin Cook, as you know, Lewis, didn't have the strongest of weeks against the Eagles. But this should be a much-needed bounce-back game, much like Kirk, to show that Cook's still got what it takes. Um, the Lions, they play the Eagles this week. And Miles Sanders, he is the hot hand at the moment, on this, you know, resurgence offense, uh, 17 carries last week. Hertz has been pinching a few of the touchdowns, um, but the volume for Sanders is certainly there. And the Titans square up against the Raiders. But to be honest, if Jacobs doesn't recover from this this illness, it could be anyone's guess as to who steps up there. There's not really been a significant player taking any time behind Jacobs, but um, Brandon Bolden 
had a bit of a game in week one. Zamir White hasn't really featured. So, I, you know, if it's not Jacobs, I'm not really taking a risk with any of those Raiders backups. Guess as good as anything, isn't it? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, toss a coin. Right, weakest against the wide receiver, as expected, kind of mirroring the quarterbacks is the Ravens. I said they're number one after two as a masterclass in week two on 55.6 points. Uh, second of the Rams on 44.7, who gave up 86 yards and touchdowns to rookie uh, Drake London last week. And third with 42.2 points are the Falcons. So both more play the Pats this week, as we mentioned. Rams face Cardinals and Falcons come against the Seahawks. The players to watch. Obviously, we've talked about Kirby Myers being questionable. So, Nelson Angelor from New England could be a, a little bit of an uptake. Uh, he seems to have developed some chemistry with Matt Jones. And he got 110 yards and score against my Steelers last week. Uh, this could be another strong week for Hollywood Brown as well when he faces the Rams. I'm expecting a bit of a shootout, and Brown could be a big player in that start line. Yeah. And uh, moving on to the tight ends, finally. The top of the tree is the Cardinals first with 24.4 points. Dolphins second with 17.7, so a little bit of a gap there. And then the Broncos with 16.3. So it seems the Rams and the Cards have been struggling on defence across various positions, but Tyler Higby has been finding his mojo in recent games. So this is an ideal matchup for him. Plenty of targets going his way. Um, Dolphins play the Bills. So Dawson Knox, he could finally turn up this year. Um, and Denver go up against the Niners. So it's really key to pay attention to the injury reports and stuff for if George Kittle is going to play. Um, and it's the evening game. So you've got to make those lineup decisions early. Yeah, we had a little Facebook drop uh, asking about whether you play or when when you kind of get all the players locked in and especially if you're busy during the weekend and if it's a Saturday that you go try and work it all out. So with all of these as as, as most things, I think it's are you willing to work out and drop players and put players in and hope that they all kind of play for you or are you I mean for me I think I still try and make sure that even at five to six my team is as ready as it can go. So it's I suppose it's as as much as on you as to how far you want to go with your team, I guess. So, last segment of the uh, the week is Flex of the Week. All right, my first, uh, I'm first up this week. My flex is Jahan Dotson. Granted, he's only had five targets in week one, five targets in week two, but he has got three touchdowns already this season. And again, against Philly, he's more, more than likely going to see Washington the ball a lot, so he's in with a good chance of carrying that scoring trend on. Mm. Yeah, I like John Dotson. He looked like he's a uh, already become a key part of the offense. You know, Curtis Samuel's come in, uh, and then McLaurin's doing McLaurin things, but John Dotson looks like uh, the ideal third. Good he? player, yeah, good player. Uh, my pick, and it may come as no surprise because uh, I've dropped his name a few times already in the script, not just. Uh, me saying it, but I've got you guys to say it as well. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is my <laughs> flex of the week. <laughs> um, he only played 50% of the snaps last week, and that was down on week one. Um, but he turned six targets into six receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we all saw what Amari Cooper did to them last night. Um, that six targets was second amongst Pat receivers uh, in week two game. 
the first in targets and wide receiver snaps was Jacoby Myers. We've already said that he is questionable to play, and that means more snaps, more opportunity for those uh, who remain. Uh, Devontae Parker was second in wide receiver snaps. He's only been targeted twice in both games, so it makes me think that the more opportunities will go to Aguilar in this game. They face the Ravens, who were torched by the Dolphins last week, ranked first in conceding points to wide receivers, so that's great for Aguilar. The Pats can often be seen as a run-first offence, so that could push defenders forward. That leaves the room behind. Um, a key key part of this as well is that New England's line uh, are looking like the line of old. They held up well against Sealers defenders, you know, and it's likely why they didn't get sacked, uh, you know, any sacks against uh, the Browns. Um, that could give the Aguilar, uh, Aguilar time to run the route and make space for himself and Mac the time to find him. I think that's the key thing here. Um, and he should be available on plenty of waiver wires. So if you are in need of a pinch, you're looking for someone in that flex spot, get Aguilar on there. It does seem a favourable option, especially from the waiver wire for this week. But my flex of the week, Michael Carter for the New York Jets against the Bengals this week. He's still the lead back when you look at snap share and he's had more touches than Hall both weeks. As it seems, uh, Robert Salah seems to be easing the um, dynasty consensus 101 into the offence. Um, he's been very efficient in the receiving game. He's had 14 targets and made 12 catches over the first two weeks of the season. And the Bengals are letting up receptions to the running back position at a canter, currently over eight per game. Carter's averaging 13.5 PPR points per game. And so far, he's faced the Ravens and the Browns. So this is arguably the Jets' best matchup so far, especially with Cincinnati not really ticking. I quite like, I quite fancy the Jets to win this game. I should yeah, say I that. Too. I'll give a lot of hope <laughs> to our, our Jets fans uh, out there. But um, I'm hoping so, actually. We need the Bengals to be knocked down, too. They yeah, showed the a bit of something against the Browns for me, the Jets did. So, um, yeah, it's definitely winnable with the the Bengals um, struggling a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Sweet. We've, we've oh, had yeah. a comment in the, uh, in, in the chat. I thought I'd just drop it in. Uh, Storm Sills. Nah, Steelers were just pants. <laughs> I was going to shout him out. Every single week this week, uh, we've done it three weeks, obviously, now. Every single week he has made a comment and we've not actually uh, said anything to him. So, thank you, Storm. Pixie, <laughs> I, I don't think uh, Storm likes you because he said earlier that Bradford City's colours are like not colors very either. nice. No. <laughs> That's just Storm for you. It's all right. <laughs> we'll take it on the chin. Right, boys. Thanks for tuning in, uh, everybody. And, yeah, good luck this weekend. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Keep looking. entitled to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health. 
We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.